I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but there's just really no reason to do this song here tonight. One, two, three, four. Hello, and welcome to another edition of We Will Rank You, the podcast where we take an album that at least one of us dearly loves and rank it for basically no reason at all, except that it's a lot of fun. True. And so let's see, quick roll call here. We've got uh, Sam in a dashing Quicksilver hoodie. That looks new. I haven't seen you wear that before. Oh, yeah. No, I've had it for a while, I, but I, I was just feeling a lot of the color today for some reason, like springtime where I'm at. So I was just feeling it, the yellow. Bam, That's great. You got to go there. Here. Yeah. We've got Jim. He's looking cleaned up. It looks like a new new show. Oh, football is life. He's going with the, uh, the he's got the Ted Lasso gear on. Ah. Uh-huh. And we've got Adam in his new little princess bedroom. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm in my niece's bedroom uh, uh, that uh, is reserved for her at my dad's house. Uh, found found some quiet space in San Diego where we can record. And uh, what, what do you call that? A canopy bed? No, is that what that's called? Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. So sounds I've, right. I've got a purple uh, canopy bed behind me that uh, the guys can make fun of. Or maybe it's mosquito netting. Is it like really Good humid day. there? Like you're trying to not get malaria? Tropical San Diego, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Dan. Hey, and Dan. I chose Dan. tonight's album, which is Blood and Chocolate. Chocolate. And there's no other way to do it but then to sing it with all the spite you can manage in your voice. Um <laughs> Blood and Chocolate, the album from Elvis Costello, also known on this album as Napoleon Dynamite. That's where the name came from, in case anybody doesn't know. He mm-hmm. created an alter ego for his alter ego, which is on the uh, cover of the album, which he painted himself, and it's in all the uh, liner notes. He attributes everything, all the instruments played to Napoleon Dynamite. And this album, in his own liner notes in the 2002 re-release, Oh, wrote, someone else read it. Oh, <laughs> that those both liner notes, the 95 release and the 2002 release are poetry. Yes. Uh, like everything he puts out. Similar, but poetry. Yes. Yes. His, his, uh, the single line that sums it up, uh, perhaps best is this is a record of people beating and twanging things with a fair amount of yelling, which I think describes it pretty well. Yeah. The year is 1986. How bulletproof is Elvis Costello at this point? A year earlier, Live Aid takes place. Last minute, Bob Geldof asks Costello to play. And he walks out there with just a guitar. Everybody else has rehearsed these whole sets, has this whole thing. Him and an electric guitar. He plays one song, All You Need Is Love, in front of 72,000 people, takes a bow, walks off. Best sing-along ever ever just it's just that was amazing it summarizes so much of how i feel about this man um he's nine albums in at this point including for my money one of the finest five album runs of any artist ever we can debate that separately uh, he recorded his first album as minimum five. Fair. Jim's holding up maybe extra well, fingers. Well, I, I was wondering, are you going to tell us what those are? Or? I'm going to go, well, in my mind, and this is highly debatable, and I'm sure there's fights, but again, in terms of like a, just a flawless run, for me, it's the first five, which is My Aim is True, This Year's Model, Armed Forces, Get Happy, and Trust. Okay. 
after that, you chose none of them. <laughs> I know. I was like culminating in this album that we're well, going to rank today. My, my, I'm not saying those are his five best. I'm just saying that is an incredible five album run of like massively incredible uh, albums. After that, I think it gets a little spottier. I don't think he puts together that many in a row. Is my point. Mm. Okay. I do love this album. I'm not saying this is my favorite album, but we'll get back to that. Um, but of that five albums I mentioned, the first he recorded as Elvis Costello, the next eight as Elvis Costello and the Attractions, as tight a backing band as you'll find, in my opinion. So now we're Elvis Costello and the Attractions, right? Right. Wrong. 1986 ah. in February, <laughs> he releases King of America. Uh, his 10th album as only Elvis Costello with only one song backed by the attractions and the rest with a separate band he called the Confederates. Um, and that one song was apparently an especially stormy recording session. There was some bad blood, if you will, at the end of that session. And only, mm -hmm. only six months later, seven months later, seven months later, in September, he releases Blood and Chocolate with the attractions again. So he invites him back into the studio only months after King of America comes out, there's still some raw feelings. And basically, uh, I love what he wrote. He wrote, the air of suspicion and resentment still lingered. Um, so the goal was get everybody in, record these songs as quickly as possible before they came to blows and get them out of there. Uh, they recorded in a London studio room used by the Stones and Jimi Hendrix, big enough for a full studio orchestra. Did they bring in an orchestra? No. Instead, they crammed it with a bunch of live monitoring systems, uh, their live monitoring system, basically. And they played it basically at stage volume with no head, uh, headphones. So this is like live. It's raw. It's fast. I think all those things come across. But I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Um, one more quote from those excellent liner notes. Although it's commonly thought that high volume in the studio creates an uncontrollable sonic picture, this approach seemed to suit the material entirely. I just mm. love that. So I feel like there there's a total vibe. so many good quotes. I, I pulled three. You chose none of them. Good. So I'll also add that, that he said that uh, when we gave them something close to what they wanted, a pissed off 32-year-old divorcee's <laughs> version of this year's model, they hated it and burnt and buried it under a stone somewhere in Utah. I proudly walked away from the end of my Columbia contract, owing them a million dollars. They had their chance and they blew it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. so I, I love that part about the 32 I, I wrote that to maybe use later the 32 year old divorcee's version of this year's model that's good um, <laughs> uh, just just amazing anyways um i would love to hear elvis costello is an artist weirdly enough that we have barely talked about in all of our time on this podcast and i actually don't know much about any of you like where you stand with with him. I feel like it doesn't come up a lot. So let's talk about kind of Elvis in general and when you discover this album. And let's start with Jim. Okay. So I'm really happy that you chose this album. Um, I, my Elvis Costello was every day I write the book, Veronica. And of course, I heard the hits on the radio, but I never owned anything. I thought mm. about buying Spike. I thought about it, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. I like the I like the cover. I thought it was cool. I thought he was cool this whole time that I was growing up in the eighties. I remember um, you talking at school about thinking about buying Spike, like specifically. Thank you, thank you. I'm not I did lying. Not. Here. Go ahead. I, I, um, 
I went to college and took along, I, I guess I bought the CD of a Greatest Hits CD, um, and I could not find it online today. Um, it's not like loaded into Apple Music, but it's not like Greatest Hits number one, number two. It was just, uh, I believe, just one album. And uh, and all of a sudden I heard Shipbuilding, and that blew uh. my mind. And I heard Almost Blue, and I heard Beyond Belief, and I just went, oh my God. Um and so, yeah, so then I um, <laughs> probably bought everything. No, I didn't. So then I really loved Elvis <laughs> Costello, but still from afar. I'm a greatest hits guy. Um, mm -hmm. And so the other day, meaning during COVID, uh, I remember cleaning out the garage and going, God damn it, you know, I need something new. I cannot put on XTC again. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm probably going to, but, um, but I, I need something new. Who is the coolest you know, cat that I don't know the whole catalog of. And so I put on this year's model and I played it three times in a row. Nice. And Dan, I'm here to tell you that it did not take. Oh, interesting. Uh, and then I started doing my homework f for this ranking. And oh my God, has this album taken? Jesus mm. Christ. Yes. Um, you have no idea how happy that makes me. I fell in love. And so I'd like to say thank you to you and thank you to Sam, because Sam, that's the experience I had with Kate Bush, right? It was similar, right? So I love what we're doing here, guys. We're getting me into music that I need to be listening to, hmm, but awesome. I would never do do on my own. And it's already from my wheelhouse. So I just freaking love it. I, um, I really thought one reason I, I um, leaned towards Blood and Chocolate is I really felt like it was possibly the most in the wheelhouse of this group. Um, mm -hmm. I'll talk about other reasons I chose it too, but that, so that's, that's already making me deliriously happy. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's move on to Adam. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, about you and Mr. EC. Uh, I, they're one of those bands that's like XTC and the clash and the Ramones. They had stuff out before our local radio station went new wave. So right. um, for a lot of the podcasts that we've done, um, the very first time I saw or heard them was on MTV. So with Elvis, it was probably Accents Will Happen or Oliver's Army. Those both used to get quite a bit of MTV airplay, but it was right around, I think, 84 then that Every Day I Write the Book comes out, and that's massively on MTV, and so was She's Not the Only Flame. Um, and they are, or he is, one of those hundreds of people that I like and love so many songs, but for whatever reason, I never dug deeper. So like Jim, he's in my wheelhouse. I had greatest hits and I've never owned a single album. I have so many friends that work wow. with him and I should have dug deeper, but I just never have for whatever reason. Um, I saw him with Steve. What's his, what's his last name? Neve? Steve Naive. Uh, uh, Naive. Naive. Um, uh, they did a duo show at San Diego Symphony Hall in 1999. I was with you. I feel like I was with you for that. Because I was, was that the one where he swung the wheel? Where he spun the wheel for request? No. No, I saw no. a video of one of those But that shows. was just him and Steve on piano? Yeah. Yeah. I feel, like I, was with, I feel like I was at that show. Huh? Uh, Anyways, may, keep going. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that, that, that tour idea is fantastic. That, because that yeah. tour, was he doing that 
later then because well, I, I you guys you guys are uh, glossing over the good part what are you talking about spinning uh, wheel he's done so, it a couple of times it's it's such an adam gimbal idea go ahead adam but but, but the first time he did it was was right around the time of this album it was exactly yeah instead of doing a set list he had a huge wheel with all these songs on it like a wheel like of fortune off, wheel off the wall cover so he would invite people to come on stage spin the wheel they would play it uh and then the person would go over and have a, dr- a fake soda drink uh and they and they had different hosts, um, and the lists of hosts that they have had were all these like crazy celebrities that would help them with spinning the wheel. It's like Tom Waits um, and Susanna Hoffs, it, and like yeah, the list he, is so Amy Man. The list is he, amazing. He calls yeah, it so, the spec- he calls it the spectacular spinning songbook. Yes. Oh, beautiful. And I guess he's brought it back a few times. But one, funny enough, my one good Elvis Costello uh, story relates to one of the hosts that he have, and that was Penn Jillette, uh, who was apparently a big fan. I was in Las Vegas. Uh, this would be sometime in the early 2000s to see Tom Jones, because that's been my dream to see Tom Jones in Vegas. And his mother passed away, so he canceled. Uh, that was one, one attempt of two. I can't do three. He will die. Um, so I just spent some time in Vegas, went to the amazing Pepper Mill. If you've never been, it's the best thing to go do in Vegas. So cool. And there is Pendulette. And I'm not a huge fan, but I respect the guy. And I know he's a big music head. Uh, so normally I wouldn't have said anything uh, but I knew that he had done a track on a Ruddles tribute album years earlier and I thought you know what I'll bet you he'd appreciate it so I walk up to him and this guy that are sitting there and I say sorry to interrupt you but I just wanted you to know I really like the, the song you did on the Rebels tribute record and there was this like awkward pause and then he said oh my god that's amazing no one's ever mentioned it to me it was like the perfect Yay. reaction that you'd want like ah oh, this Deep is cut. so great vintage right? Adam vintage Adam so um so I was holding a poster and he said oh what poster do you have and it was a poster of uh Abbott and Costello doing who's on first with all the verbiage and some friends of mine and i had talked about doing a one-off costello tribute and we thought oh this would be a good backdrop uh to have uh, if we ever did it uh, and he says no what you need to find is this photo i was backstage in an elvis costello show and this fan came up and gave him a framed photograph of elvis presley and lou costello now, Lou Costello my died. <laughs> you know what you should have done? So, Lou Costello died in 1959, so there was only a small window when Elvis got famous in 56 that they could have ever met, but that's where he got his name. He took those two parts of his name, but they had actually met. Elvis had no idea that they had met. He'd never seen the photo. He was so grateful. And so, Pendulette was like, you got to find that photo. And I said, I do have to find that photo. And I went home looked online it was nowhere it was nowhere to be found because it was the early days of the internet I emailed Elvis websites and Abbott and Costello websites no response months later I get an email from I don't know who I heard you were looking for these and there is the photos and I said oh my gosh thank you so much Who? how'd you find out about it like I, I just want to thank you no response Wow, we'll that's never know. great. Now you can Google it and it's everywhere, but back then ah, it was not ah. really fun. So that's my one Gostello story. Hilarious. That's great. And that's where he wow. got the name. That's where Declan got the name. I thought I read, though, that a, uh, or I actually saw an interview with him that said that the record company actually gave it to him. I never heard that. Yeah, it was Possibly. interesting. It was a Possibly. recent interview. Anyways, uh, like Sam. If anybody's got a 
ego big enough an ego big enough to name themselves after elvis <laughs> it would be it would be declan like mm-hmm. you know just to be like yeah i'm pretty damn good like the costello part i don't know uh maybe funny, he's funny i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean he is he's hilarious um so i knew and loved every day i write the book that's not the earliest i knew of him i grew up um until i was almost nine in la so of course i heard like you know probably allison and you know the early the other earlier cuts um detectives for sure um you know stuff like that but every day was my main hook um and i've gone through and listened to some of his lesser known records but this is the first time i've really paid attention to this album i knew nothing of it when it came out i think i remembered king of america because it had a photo of him on the cover with the crown like i remember that like because i subscribed to rolling stone so it was probably like okay like you know like i, I just remember seeing that this cover is so abstract that it was just really weird like I, w- I wouldn't remember it necessarily except for the weirdness but not even knowing that it was elvis costello because like it's he's not on the cover and i well i guess tokyo stone morning i want you and blue chair were the singles although the blue chair single version is different from what's on the album uh, i think that's when he re- did, is that when he recorded with the other band um, uh yeah mitchell Froom and yeah. uh Hollow Notes bass player T-Bone woke. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's even the. I don't even think it's the King of America band. I think it was just a separate, separate group. He right. I don't. Um, yeah. So like, I didn't. I didn't know any of the singles. I mean, Tokyo Storm Warnings six plus minutes long. You're not. You know who on <laughs> rock radio is like all over it. Let's do that one. <laughs> um, but I did. I you guys saw me duck away for a sec. I did eventually buy this box set two and a half years it's got um what does it say on the side iconic album cover by the way my aim is true this year's model armed forces live at and live at el macambo um it's got extended it's the Ryko disc so it's got extended versions of the albums um my aim is true is I mean, I have fallen in love with that album because I bought this. I was DJing at Rasputin Records in Berkeley uh, when I when we moved up there, yeah, and they would give me store credit, and so yeah, I got this with one it. of my store credits, and um, and just fell in love with My Aim Is True. All the songs on there, like like the the little hidden tracks um, on the CD, it's so good. So, but I never really dove into any Elvis records. Like I said, I've 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 put them on. Cause I'm like, Oh, I, I love Elvis Costello. Let me, let me listen to his catalog. But this one didn't register. And like Jim, this album has fucking registered. <laughs> this is amazing. I've been, I've been so looking forward to this. I cannot believe it's been like a month since I was primed and ready to go to talk about it. It's been <laughs> another know. month and it's I'm like, but I'm ready. Well, that's, Let's- that's awesome to hear. I'm a guy with a chip on my shoulder and I do feel like this is his uh, single most underrated album. Um, well, that's the other reason I picked it is there's the classics that everybody quotes. And I frankly love those albums too. Um, this also was his lowest performing LP um, at the point he released it. So nine in a row. And then this became his lowest and it stayed his lowest until 1993 when he came out with the Juliet letters and people were like classical, what? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and that, that underperformed, uh, even Which also blood was and chocolate. Great. but blood and chocolate to this day just is, is it's, it's not mentioned that often until you kind of dig deep on the internet. I was just like you guys, uh, whatever they played on 91 X. So it's Oliver's army. It's accidents will happen. It's every day. I write the book. Totally 
remember all of that. Um, and I liked all those songs and why I didn't buy. I think you guys are right. Like if the band's not brand new, maybe it just didn't have that word of mouth action in the halls of our high school. Is, is that like what it is? Cause I didn't dislike it, but somehow I never spent money on it. Yeah, and then either. I got to college and one of the years in college, there was a roommate. I had a roommate. Uh, I was living with three other guys and one of them I could not stand, but damn, did he have good music taste? And he <laughs> was an Elvis Costello fanatic. And the more I just heard him playing it around, I was like, what am I doing? This is incredible, you know? And so I actually started to make it a point in college. I was like, that was kind of when I had my moment, Jim, that you had in the garage that day where I was like, I'm buying some Costello. I'm going to work my way through and I'm not a completist. It's very hard to be an Elvis Costello completist <laughs> yeah, because he releases in volume and in breath in terms of what he tries to tackle. But um, in general, I, there's a good, there's a good set of 10 or 12 albums that I just absolutely adore. I truly think uh, I often mention him when people say, who's your favorite artist? I'm like, after the Beatles, I think it's Elvis Costello. That's how wow. much I, I just I absolutely know. adore I him. I didn't and I, I, I urge you to go back, Jim. And now that you've had this ex uh, experience to uh, this year's model, which is just unbelievable and see if that changes. So anyways, uh, blood and chocolate, let's kick it off. Um, you guys ready to see here what number 11 is? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So am I. Number 11. Clear Honey, are you straight place. or are you blind? Correct, Amundo people. You're 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 batting a thousand. That is absolutely right. Who do you see when you turn your eyes down? Who do you see when I'm not seeing you? The news is out all over town, and all these girls are taking turns to be you. Well, 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 you better make up your mind. Honey, are you straight or are you blind? The question is, is it unanimous? Jim, why don't you start us off since you pretty much <laughs> showed your hand? Oh, my God. It's number 11 out of 11, and it never moved. It was immediately dropped to the bottom of this uh, ranking, and I never thought about it again. Um, uh is it because of the tracking? Is it because of what it follows on the album, right? I was like, okay, give it a chance, but no. Um, I, the only thing I can say about it is I love that it's short. <laughs> uh, amazing. All right, we'll leave it short and concise that way. Uh, Sam, why don't you go next? Uh, it's a little shouty. The, it's got interesting lyrics. Uh, de decent Elvis Costello Telecaster guitar freakout. It's barely two minutes, and the album is better for it. It, I, I think I had it higher, and once once I hit a certain point, it dropped like a stone and stayed there. And this was, I, I think, I think Jim's the one that does this the most. But I never need to hear this song again <laughs> at all. <laughs> that is a total Jim line. That's a total Jim yeah. line. All right. Well, I also have it ranked at number eleven. You guys. Um, Look, I mean, Elvis loves his 50s rave ups, right? Like it just, it's basically like Buddy Holly angry, which is his whole look. It's his whole thing. And <laughs> sometimes he just does that straight down the middle. That's what he does here. Um, I I like it. I like it in the mix. Um, but it's the definitely the least remarkable song in this collection, in my opinion. But guys, we avoided a clean sweep. Adam disagrees. Adam, why don't you tell us what you think? It's my number one. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I wish it was though. Uh, it's my number nine. Uh, I think the the main reason why I didn't have it that far down, I really liked the rhythm of it. It's a really cool, weird half rhythm where the drums aren't playing your boom, boom, cut, cut, cut. It's like almost like it's playing. It, it gives it this really weird feel that I was super digging and it's got this angular guitar. Um, and it's also kind of just funny to me uh, or it's, it's strange to me to hear Elvis being so confident about his sort of like hotness, I guess. Like that's sort of what the, the, the title implies. You know, he's such a like cute little nerdy looking, looking guy. And I always thought that was like really interesting. Um, there's some slight insinuation that like, are you straight or not? So it's almost like Weezer's pink triangle. Like, wait, is she a lesbian? Like, are you blind to see how hot I am? Like there's a, a little bit of it in there. Huh. Um, thought it was interesting that, that he said the song came to him in a dream. Um, and that he didn't have a cassette player, uh, or he didn't have a guitar around. Right. Uh, so he just he just like hit the kitchen counter, uh, to, <laughs> which to you can on. you can imagine, right? Like it, right, this song totally. still has that yeah. vibe to it. <laughs> right. So that's my number nine. Um. All right. Wow. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the kind of song like I still I still appreciate it. If he busted into it live, I'd be like, hell yeah. Um, sure. sure. So. It still works, but we're moving on guys. And as I told you guys ahead of time, we're going to do something a little bit different with songs seven through 10. We're going to do sort of quick capsule versions of kind of what we think just to kind of move it along. And then we'll spend a little bit more time on the top six. So we'll start that with here. Number 10. Blue chair. What? Wow. Now it's just you. All right. Well, let's let's talk to the guy who dragged it down. Adam, have a seat. That is me. This is my, <laughs> I am sitting in a blue chair. Uh, it is my least favorite, and I think it's mostly because of the production on it. Um, I think that this album is pretty awesomely timeless slash like abrasive in a really really cool way and mm. this one kind of has that 80s sheen to it That's and a he, good point. He, he himself said uh it was given a treatment borrowed from the prince's songs manic monday and raspberry beret which i was kind of surprised because i wasn't thinking mm. of that but i do um, hear it after i read that don't, yeah, don't you absolutely. yeah totally absolutely. it's totally there uh, it's one of many of his songs that mention blue. We've got Almost Blue, and there's another country song that he, co- he covered. Um, my favorite part in it, uh, and there's there's quite a few maybe purposeful references to other songs throughout, even just like little melody things, but the one that it's, that it's an obvious nod, um, he gives a what uh 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 which is from the Beatles version of the Arthur Alexander song, Anna, and it's such a cool little reference um, oh, nice. that I love it. It's one of my favorite moments on the whole record, I, just because it's a silly pop culture reference, but... Um, I thought I it was. It was just I the, thought it was a. Um, what was the "Be My Little Baby"? I thought it was kind of like a throwback to that. Huh? A little bit to that, but it's identical, like literally. So, um, still like it. Uh, I don't. I don't know what I would say my line is. Um, maybe. Maybe we haven't got there yet. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, next up, dragging it down is oh me. I'm at number eight. Um, 
let's talk about line my my line is uh at 10 uh honey are you straight's the only one that i don't really need everything else Same. i love dan that's me nice nice it, it i mean i i still by the way i still don't know if i got these rankings right i was agonizing a weird one up until an hour ago i just had so much this one really is it's an album it's a mood big movers everything fits yeah i you know it's funny i i really predicted that was going to be it with this one because it just felt so up in the in the air so blue chair i think you nailed it adam it is a little more polished um it's a great little pop song but man there are better songs on pop songs on this album so many fighting for attention so as i looked at all these i was madly in love with i was kind of like i cannot blue chair down although the chorus is phenomenal and you know just the way it's my turn to talk and your turn to think your turn to buy and my turn to drink i mean just mm -hmm. classic yeah the amount of times we could quote lyrics on this on this oh, record yeah. or any of his records could go on all night but um that that's the part that gets it as high as it does for me mm. uh jim tell us what you think Okay, I was about to interrupt and say, yeah, me too, it's the best chorus of the album. Um, wow. And then you said, it's my turn to talk and your turn to think, and I shut up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, that's... <laughs> Ooh, I am going to use oh that line God. from now on, though. That is nice. a good line. Oh, my God. It, it, I, I, love, I love his voice everywhere, mm -hmm. every time, oh everything God. he does. <laughs> and true. it's just so good, you know. Um, it's so good in that chorus. Um I don't have a lot to say about this song other than I have it at number six and uh, it's and I could be talked into anything between three and nine. <laughs> totally. I mean, just, just, <laughs> That's so well put. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think I'll, I'll give it. That's it. That's it for me. Sam up at number. Uh, well, tell us where you have it, Sam. I've got a number five. Mm. Um, the, the opening reminds me of local girls by Graham Parker. Mm. Uh, the music, not the tempo, but the music reminds me of Oliver's Army. Yeah. It feels like it's yeah. almost the same song. It's got that same piano, plinky piano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the double tracked vocals. They're not always harmony. Sometimes it's just like straight up double track. The chorus is brilliant. Uh, the, my, like the back and the forth. It's, it, I mean, who, like so few songwriters do like the, that sort of effect and do it so well. I mean, I, I don't know how many times he does it on this record, but I mean, he's, it's just, it's just so good. Um, but this one, so my line is uh, eight and above are all essential for me. Same and, th and this one, this one rose from number eight. I initially had it at number eight and it just moved up a few. So nice. uh, to number five. So a good, a good mover. Man, to your um, point about lyrics, God. Uh, to your point about lyrics, I just feel like I would describe them as clever without being cute. Like there's such yeah. a fine line between you try to just be so clever and then it's just, it's cute and it's little puns and it's, but you know, we talked a little bit about XTC, like he kind of <laughs> walks that line, right? Sometimes yeah, okay. he's on the right side of it, sometimes on the wrong side. I just feel like Elvis walks that line so incredibly well. He just, yes. I'm just in awe nine times out of 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I hate to follow it up with the made up fact, but this song is about <laughs> cherry. It is made it is about cherry from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um Well then it rises three three points for me. Okay. If that's true. Um, I only just realized that now, but it is definitely about cherry. <laughs> uh the timing probably just about works on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have a tie, folks. We have uh, a tie uh, at number eight. So the first song in that tie. 
<gasps> Can it be? Controversy, ladies and gentlemen. This might be the most controversial card I've ever pulled. No. No, no, because we've done Queen is Dead. Uh, go listen. <laughs> go listen to that episode. You'll hear what I say. Ladies and gentlemen, number 10 is Battered Old Bird. I'm going to let that sink in. I'm sorry, not not number 10, number eight. I'm sorry, number eight, tied. The landlady's husband came up to town today Since he left them both ten years ago To serve the ministry Uh, let's hear from Adam, who's uh, spoiling some early ones here. Go ahead, Adam. Sorry about that. Um, I like it. I like it. It's a piano ballad. That's it's. I like that it leaves lots of space, and I dig the rim shots. Um, and I like that he starts low, and then kind of like takes it up over time. Uh, interesting that uh, his longtime piano player plays harmonium on this. The aforementioned uh, Steve. Um, and uh, he recorded it with uh, a couple different ways, and they were able to seg two ways together uh, exactly how uh, they were managed to do that with Strawberry Fields, where they were in different keys, but one would slow down. And, uh, wow. But uh, I like it. I, I just it didn't, didn't grab me as much as you guys, obviously. Actually, it did grab you as much as one other person, which is Jim. Oh, hi, Jim. Num- I have a number 10 as well. Uh, you said it all. I love Elvis's voice on the chorus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat that a few more times, guys. Agreed. That's all I have to say. Number 10. So, I hear where you guys are coming from. I, uh, I put it at number 5. And... On the one hand, yeah, it's kind of one thing. And yeah, it has a a speed change and a a key change, but it's kind of one thing. But in my mind, this song is strip everything away and just let Elvis perform. Like this this is like a one man solo act using his voice and I'm just transfixed. It's the classic, like the whole, the, the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Like, I can't list out all of the rationale for why I think this song is so great, but every time it comes on, I get sucked in, especially if I've got headphones on and I just can't, I just can't love it more. You know, in the liner notes, actually he writes this under home is anywhere you hang your head, but he, he calls his version of singing method singing, like method acting. Mm -hmm. And to me that applies even more here. Like, he, run, he runs out of breath at one point, basically. Like, it's just... Beautiful. Um, it's just yeah. unbelievable. And so, for me, it's like... He's got the the social observations of, of like, McCartney and the, and the classic melodies of McCartney. But he always has that spite of Lennon. He's just got, like, that mix of the best of both. Yeah. Um, and this song, to me, really brings that home. I feel like he was, like, half McCartney, half Lennon on this. So from there, I will turn it over to Sam. Sam, where did you have battered old bird? Well, um, I, I, I'll just start out by saying that I know we're not going to all have the top ranked song the same because I had this one at number one. I am very much team Dan on that. It's 
it's it's almost indescribable i mean like what i have is just like short little bits but like the snare rim when it comes in it's the perfect room sound like especially on headphones like that that you start hearing that that snare rim and it's just it just sounds like you're in the room it's so well recorded yes um the 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 Whoa's before the choruses that start midway through the song. Um, he sounds like he's in so much pain. Oh my god! And it's just, it's it's brutal. The the two old maids bridge is so good. The backwards piano after the scattered in the attic line, and it just and and it's he's saying from so far back, and or, and when it does that, when it does like the little backwards sounding thing, and then at the end with the with the Oh, and then it, and then the piano ends that line it's not him he doesn't he doesn't end it he stops the piano hits and then that that closes the song there's so many interesting choices in this song and i just kept coming back to it and back to it and back to it to listen over and over and over again and just just hear all the little pieces and and I, I read somewhere that some you know one of the guys in the band was just like oh geez like he's so like dramatic and i can't remember if it's this one or one of the other songs on the record <laughs> but it, they're just like oh it's just fucking elvis you know whatever and i'm like you gotta be kidding me like this is absolute genius to me <laughs> I, I, Sam so since we were both new to this song um, yeah. as you're listening to it I was I was you know I was running um, listening mm-hmm. to doing my homework what did you think the you know he's a battered old bird and he's living up what did you think the lyrics were I don't, I don't. I was so disappointed to find out it was, and he's living up there. Whoa, whoa! I was like, no, yeah, it's I couldn't living figure it up out. in his own world or something. Oh, that's I, what I thought he was singing too. But that's huh. one of the. It's one of those lyrics like "Spirits in the Material World," where I don't know what the fuck he's saying, but I love it. It's it's <laughs> like whatever he's saying. Yeah, I, yeah living in his own world makes more sense. But uh, yeah, and I, I think I think like you, I was a little disappointed to find out that it was just he's living up there. But it just sounds so good. But you'll appreciate this if you didn't read this. Um, Speaking of the social observations of McCartney, like this song is about all of the residents Mm -hmm. of the building he actually lived in until he was five. Um, And he literally goes through in the liner notes and he actually describes like, yep, there was the guy that had drank burgundy for breakfast and, you know, the the person who committed suicide and the old maids on the first floor. So he's actually telling the story. Yeah. He's telling the story of the place he lived, which is just. Um, he just turns it That's into poetry, awesome. which is incredible. The bur- burgundy for breakfast tight. Like what a line. I know. Oh my God. Like uh, he's burgundy for breakfast. Like it's like, okay, this guy's, he's that drunk that he's, gonna be drinking burgundy for breakfast and it's probably noon but he's like that's who this person is he made it sound so eloquent so eloquent and yet you just you see all of these people in in that building it's it's so good it's number one well i think that is one of the most divergent number ones we've had in a long time yeah uh so let's keep moving on there's blood has been spilled let's bring on the chocolate tied at number eight next time round <gasps> As I stepped out upon the land and my heart was already down the stairs She is in the bedroom with that boy of hers Though her face is creased and her eyes seem strange 
this is it's payback time for sam ladies and gentlemen sam yeah tell us tell us why you uh got back at us and ranked this so low okay next time round <laughs> next time round i have it number 10 the first comment that i wrote down more harmonies for jim so I knew <laughs> that he would like it. I knew he would like it for that. It's a fine song. The recording is a little thin. Uh, aside from the fat bass holding down the low end with a lot of little flourishes, um, it's just a, kind of a. It, and it, oh, and it also has like the interesting little walk on the first couple of bars of the chorus. Um, but it's just. I mean, it, it's Elvis. Like. How many of us would love to have written a song like Next Time Round? And for me, it's like number 10 on the record. Like, and, and it could have moved. I, now that you're talking about it, I could easily have put it at number nine for me. But interestingly, wait, were you the other one that said your line, was your line 10 or was your line eight? Eight, eight, no, eight and above. So you do have this under the line though. Yeah, That's what's yeah. interesting. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's a good song, but it's not it's not essential for me. It's 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 just kind of repetitive, and uh, it's great. It sounds great, but it didn't like. I mean, on on an, on a record that you've got songs like Battered Old Bird, where it's just like this emotional ringing out of a washcloth. It this is it's it's a good pop song, but I it doesn't. This is an auteur's album for me, and I'm drawn to like super arty shit like that, and so. You know, this was just, it's a, just a really good pop song. Straight, it was at number 10. Forward. All right, Adam, why don't you weigh in? Uh, I'm at number eight. So second song in a row that I'm right on brand here with the group. Um, I dug the acapella intro. Uh, the riff's really fun. Uh, it's a little bit Lady Madonna, but it's even more Hoodoo Voodoo, the song from the Billy Bragg Wilco. Interesting. It's got one of my favorite lines on the whole album, which shouldn't work as a rhyme. Um, and he could have phrased it better, so, but it's, 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 he's rhyming the same words, which you're not supposed to do, but it's, you used to take the breath out of me, now I think you'll be the death of me. So he's rhyming of me yes. and of me. <laughs> he probably could have disguised that a little bit, but it's such a great line. So that's my number eight. All right. Well, uh, Jim, why don't you go? Oh, wow. I have it at number four, which means you have it higher. Oh, Dan. I'm oh, interested. Like okay. Ran. <laughs> um, Dan uh, just ate I, the cat. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I can't believe this is the closer of the album. I was like, oh, my God, I'm ready for more. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a secondhand emotion on a battered 45. <laughs> my oh, tears oh. were never enough to keep that girl alive. That keep that girl alive. Just... It might be the best moment on the album. I'm going to say that a lot. Um, <laughs> totally. Uh, I love uh, you'll be you'll be someone else's baby. And, and in the in the chorus, where where Elvis does that thing on not just the song, but when he has, I guess it's double tracking, but he's not singing the same thing. He's singing it in a higher pitch or something. But mm -hmm. there's two two Elvis voices going, and one of them's really, I don't want to call it gritty, but you know what I mean. I, I just I love I love I love that. Um, I, I again the uh, opening like you said Adam I'm going to keep it short because we're supposed to in this range of songs I was going to say uh, how's that working out for us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I love it I'm going to have to be a bigger disciplinarian next time <laughs> um, anyway yeah it was number four for me well Jim I violently agree with you it's number four for me also um, although I played with it this was as high as two as low as seven or eight like this one went all over the place mm -hmm. it is straightforward so I, I get that when you guys say that but 
every time those harmonies come in, it's like sunlight bursting through the friggin' window. Like it just, I can't help but be deliriously happy hearing this song. Um, Elvis singing with Elvis is just one of my favorite things ever. To yeah. your point, Jim, yeah. he does different things with his voice. The other thing he does on this song is he comes in a little later on one of them than the other. Like, it's just, it's so great. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he totally plays with it. And he is so much about those tiny touches to your point, Sam, about it being an auteur's record, like even on the straightforward songs, he's playing with things like that, which oh, I yeah. just absolutely love. Um, again, the music's, beautiful like the bass i love the this has that whirling steve naive organ also um my only beef with this song and one thing that holds it back especially as the album closer is it just totally unceremoniously like fades out almost like yeah. early mm -hmm. and it feels yeah. very weird after an album that to me is so satisfying and so that's that's one yeah. thing i wish they'd uh fixed or done differently yeah, um, i i don't think i've ever noticed so much about him singing with himself being a background vocal doing a, his own call and response I, I mean i've i know the hits like the back of my hand and i can't i don't think i've ever thought about that he maybe amps it, maybe he, he doesn't do that as much on on his, his most well-known songs i, I mean he does like on oliver's army for sure you know like there's songs he where he does with it. himself but there's more like where he's like his own backing yes like chorus whatever you call it like you know background vocal section no and totally it, and, and parts of it i'm like i don't know if i like that or not i, can't, I couldn't decide oh. you know mm. like like who else does that matthew sweet you know yeah. is, is is what i was thinking when i heard it yeah. I'm like oh he's doing that matthew sweet thing which i've never <laughs> noticed that before so it's interesting yeah i think there's i can't think of, there's definitely a, a list of artists that do it but i think uh yeah it feels very sort of proto power pop i mean obviously we talked obviously big star and stuff has already happened by now but it feels like another one of those albums where um he did he amped up the harmonies i think way brighter and in your face than he did on a lot of his other albums mm. all right number seven let's move on this is the last one we're talking about <coughs> quickly uh, <laughs> this one is Sick. oh they're all my babies every one of these hurts for right. being too low yeah home is anywhere you hang your head Mr. Misery He's tearing out his hair again He's crying over there again He's standing in the supermarket Shouting at the customers Jim, why don't you go first? If you'd been on the podcast early, you would have heard me and Jim duet this one. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's yeah. That's um, to to Adam's chagrin. I uh, <laughs> hated it. <laughs> um, it's number nine for me. Um, the reason why it's number nine is one moment, and that is you hang your head. <laughs> I knew oh, it like that. And and I am so perplexed and and pleased that it only happens once because i first time through i was like oh god i'm gonna hear this three times <laughs> and they're gonna fade out of the end you know and this it it's only once what what's up with that you know it, it's it's um 
It's weird. I never noticed that. I would never, you know, uh, noticed that in a song before. Maybe he realized cool. it wasn't great. <laughs> it's clearly, it's clearly uh, an anchor that post-chorus or whatever it is. Um, and what drum beat is that that's so familiar? Coming back in from that. Yes. Uh, I wrote the same thing down. I don't know what songs that's from, but it's from a thousand songs. Oh, okay. I thought you. Do you really? You don't have anything written down. No, you can, you can, yeah, what is it? The one it you screams do. to me is that is exactly sowing the seeds of love. Exactly. That's oh, what I was thinking. Yeah. Do, do, do. I mean, it's a hundred percent. You That's know, it. Roland Orzabal heard that. He's like, taking it. <laughs> That's I love so it. funny because I didn't notice it at all. But it, when you did that drum beat, I'm like, well, it sounds like you're doing sowing the seeds of love. <laughs> I, I immediately wrote that down. I'm like, I'm pointing that out to Jim if he doesn't get it. <laughs> oh, I love the guitar driven fade out at the end. Um, I just love this version of Elvis. I just like, I, I like polished Elvis. I just love it. Yeah. Um, so it's a great vibe. And that's number uh, nine. Awesome. All right, I'll go next. I have it at number six. Um, first of all, Jim, I know you hate it when I compliment a song on the song title, but great friggin' song title. Home is yeah. anywhere you hang your head. Um, I totally get not loving the lyrical monotony of you hang your head, you hang your head, you hang your head. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say this might be him harmonizing at his most beautiful. Just those two harmony parts, which I'm sorry I didn't hear you guys repeat. It's so gorgeous. I just love it. Um, and the chord progression that leads up to the chorus. Like you said, there's kind of like... You know, it changes from the verse, it goes into the, the middle part, and then it goes to home is anywhere you hang your head, and then into the uh, chorus. Um, I just love that chord progression. It's just beautiful to me. It is a little, you know, it doesn't have kind of as many wow moments in it, which is why I have it at number six, but uh, that melody just sticks in my head. This guy is, I think for his generation, I think he's the king of the melody. Like. Yeah, I don't know who writes stickier melodies, and he might be the king of lyrics too, which is, I guess, why he's mm. one of my favorite artists. Why he's Anyways, the king of America? There's, there's, and the king there's, of America. There's something in the water in Liverpool, guys. I'm, just I'm telling you, it can't be coincidence. Uh, Sam, where did you have it? I have "Home Is Anywhere You Hang Your Head" also at number six. Um, one of my favorite parts on this song, maybe, maybe what's? I mean, there's so many favorite parts on the record, like Jim said. <clears throat> But where he over emotes the lines, and especially, and she haunts you when you go to bed. Like, <laughs> why are you doing that? And and it's but that's the thing is like it's not annoying. It's not like oh why are you doing that Elvis? Like that sucks. It's like it, it's it sounds so mocking and snide and sneering and but it's so good i just it's just one of those things i just can't get enough of like how he over emotes that and just twists it i mean because you could sing it as a straight line it'd be fine but he he does that and it's so cool um the drum fill before the second verse i have written down it's so cool it's just it's it just is so satisfying and i love it every time it's on and he does that and then um easily the longest outro on the record i think it's like a minute and a half it's got the keyboard vamps the hammer dulcimer the backward solos it's so pleasant it's so pleasant to listen to love it and on something like that yeah, yeah exactly um, exactly right all right adam tell us where you have it 
I have it way up at number three. Yes. And surprisingly, it. it's mainly for this really cool little descending octave riff that he does in the chorus. <laughs> um, and the way he sings over it, there's just so many cool little things like that he's done over his career. I, and and having to look a little closer at it, I'm like, oh, look at that little that little thing there where he's singing one way and the guitar is going down the other way. I don't know, like something about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I find myself more and more um, when we do these records, like uh, I, I focus in on a moment in a song and think that's my favorite moment. Uh, and and I'm ranking moments in songs more than I am hmm. entire songs for some hmm. reason. I yeah. have no idea why. Um, but uh, it's also another one of my favorite lines. He's considering murder again. He must be in love. So great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I was curious. I was curious, and I had to think about. It. I'm like, every time it came on, I'm like, there's other songs that kind of hint at hanging yourself. Um, and I couldn't think what it was today. I was like, oh yeah, it's the replacements. They sang anyway. You hang yourself is home. Uh, in someone take the wheel. And I was, oh, good I point. wasn't. I wrote that down just now. And I, I don't know if you saw me like looking at my phone. I had to like a hundred percent get that. Right. I'm not going to mess up Westerberg's words. But um, you know, we had a house is not a motel, and there's lots of people talking about what what is considered home, what's considered uh, versus just living in a house. And so I thought it was kind of a kind of a cool way that he did it. And, uh, but it's more that one little, that one little riff. I can't believe that one little riff made it just go all the way to number three, but listening to it, right, I love it. right before I ranked it, I'm like, yep, number three. These all songs well. are about those touches though. Yeah. yeah. And to your point, Sam, about the singing too, like, I really do feel like there's something about Elvis where he's not just singing the lyrics. Like he, you feel like every single line he feels like it came yeah. from somewhere and he felt the, it and he still has retained that feeling. Yeah. Um, that method singing. He carries that, that with him. Yeah. It's method but singing. Drawing exactly. out the, drawing out the syllables on the specific words that you mentioned, Sam, now that you mention it, it's a bit, it's a bit Dylan, uh, which, which he has that kind of snideness. It's, it's in there somewhere hmm. like Dan's right. When he, when he says Lennon, uh, the, yeah. that snideness is, is definitely coming more from Liverpool, but those particular ones, I can't remember which Dylan song it is. But where I have never thought that. of, Elvis Costello and Dylan in the same. No, I'm kidding. Really? I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I, I, don't, uh, I don't know Bob Dylan very well. So like that, that unfortunately that reference kind of blows past me, but, um, but the, right. like the, like it, what you said about like the, the, the lyrics of McCartney and the, and the um, leering and the anger of, of Lennon is so perfect for yeah. him. Yeah. Well said. All right. Well, I have a sense what some of the next ones are. Cause I got to say that, just counting really quick here. Three of my bottom five have not even shown up yet. So I think I'm about to Whoa. drag some of your favorites down. I'm just spoiler alerting you guys. Number six, moving on. It's still not one. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I hope you're happy now. He's a fan figure of a man and handsome too. With his eyes upon You are happy now, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, this must be so much fun to play. Like the, in that uh, room where they were totally. talking it live. I mean, yeah. that's just the stopping and the starting of the music. It's just, and I love the clap, clap, clap beat. It, it's just, it's perfect. And this is why I love this song. And like I said, talk me into number three and I could, I could, I could justify it. Um, so it, I love this song. Um, but, uh, and the bridge is amazing. But it's, uh, there's better songs in the album. So I had it uh, at number eight. All right, let's move on to Sam. I had it number seven. Straightforward pop song. Pretty brutal in the lyrics. Um, this this will hurt you more than it hurts me. <laughs> it's like such a great line because it's usually the you know twisted around. Um, for, for for me, what drags it down is uh, the the lyric that I can't get out of my head. Uh, pork sword. <laughs> and it's just, it's so visual and it like his description of this guy this ugh, guy and it's just like oh uh, okay 32 year old pissed off divorcee right thanks <laughs> thanks for that elvis number this has got a number seven all right uh adam take it away i've got it at number five uh, i think Jim, Jim described it pretty darn good. A fun one to play for sure. It seemed familiar to me, um, and I guess I didn't, I haven't really mentioned this yet, but this album I'm completely unfamiliar with, um, and pretty much all of his hits I couldn't tell you what album almost any of them are on. So when you mentioned that uh, we were doing this record, I was like, oh, okay, that's one I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's in the middle. Oh God, I hope it has Beyond Belief on it because that's my favorite Costello song of all time. That's the first thing I looked up and I'm like, eh, no. All right, all right, okay, that's okay. <laughs> exactly um, zero from the Greatest Hits album. Right, less than zero. But uh, I, I, it's, I think I might've seen John Bryan do it because something about oh, it. Oh, I totally I, buy that. I, I, I can totally hear him singing it and maybe, I, maybe there's a, like that float around the ice. I, I, I totally there was familiarity there and I've never heard this album before so I'm that's wondering great. if that's where it is yeah, that's interesting I can totally see John Bryan doing it um, guys I have it at number three you could talk me into seven or eight it was there at some point like you know they're all great they all switch around um, uh, the line I wrote that just I think kept bringing it back up was maximum attractions to your point this is just that band is a yeah. fucking unit and they're just mm. They're just churning this out. They sound so tight. The other thing is, Sam, earlier you talked about, you know, Elvis being too angry. It was on a different song. Um, no such thing for me. Oh, angry no. Elvis <laughs> is my favorite Elvis. <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure I didn't say too angry. Because, oh, okay. like, I, 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 don't, I don't think I, I agree with you. Like, when he's angry and spiteful and all that, like, it's it's great. He Like, so few people do it like he does. But mm. if if the Smiths are brilliant at weepy lyrics but cheery cheery you know yeah. kind of music elvis is angry lyrics but cheery music and this song is so sweet until and the name of it is i hope you're happy now so right <laughs> until you really listen you're like what a sweet pop tune you know and then you listen you're right. like oh damn and then you actually hear the tone in his voice you're like okay he's putting on the yeah. smile um right. just like this is going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me um so i think those things just kept bringing me back up if someone wants to put out just an album of bass lines uh basically bruce thomas bass lines from the attractions mm. like i'll buy that sight unseen yep, so the bass in this is just so great i think somewhere it said like nicked from the beatles it kind of has like of a course. rain yeah vibe to yeah. it 
but at double speed. Uh, anyways, um, loved it. So where? So you three. had you had this one at three. Correct. Where did you have next time around? <laughs> at four. Okay. And I really debated. I I went back and forth. Like, yeah, those two are sort of like, uh, you know, fraternal twins, basically. Yeah, this is like Poppy Dance kind of winning out on this one. <laughs> I do love Pop Elvis. I do love Pop Elvis. I, yeah. You are sensing a trend. That's true. All right, guys, All right. we're to the top five. We're getting mm. serious now. No more messing around. <laughs> and at number five, there is a Tokyo Storm warning. Ooh. Jim's surprised by that. Jim's reaction. I will go first, guys. You knew I was going to ruin some grades here. So um, I... Here's the thing. Before we did this podcast, I think Sight Unseen, I would have told you, oh, it's in my top three for sure. Um, I ended up putting it, though, for this ranking at number nine, folks. Oh, number nine. Wow. Look, here's where the word Dylan comes out a bajillion times. This is more Dylan than Dylan. The whole idea of, like, if I can keep thinking of clever shit to do to this groove, I'm going to keep going. The song can be as long as I fucking want it to be. And that's what he did. It's almost obscene to quote any lyrics to this song because every line is more brilliant than the last but when you talk about great rhymes i'm just gonna say who the hell comes up with warm sorrento sunrise and barcelona high rise like the degree of difficulty on that is crazy uh he's just having so much fun in this it's just so clear that he's kind of uh riffing i'll let you guys talk about it a lot more but i'll just add uh i knew i was in trouble but i thought i was in hey like the way he hits that is yeah. phenomenal um go ahead i'll let you guys take it away from there sam where'd you have it i'm not gonna take it far i had it number nine <laughs> it's uh like the the disney abattoir line is so cool like that's that's one of my favorite moments in this song um uh, hey, obviously look that up what is it uh, abattoir is uh it's a slaughterhouse it's where you okay. kill animals for thank food. you um, and and part of it, I mean, my family's kind of into Disney, um, but so I was trying to figure out like, where is he? Like, what is he talking about? Like, what's a Disney avatar? Is it is it an actual avatar that looks nice, or is it kind of like? I mean, because there is a Disneyland in Tokyo, is he is he is he in between these two things? And like, the Disney butcher shop is over here, which is you know the the Disneyland, and then what on the other side is I forget what the lyric is but um so i was trying to figure that out that's just me um but it's obviously very beatlesque song as well uh very revolver era especially the backwards guitar solos um i count four songs on this record that pass the five minute mark two are six plus uh, of which this is one and um and one and there's one song that comes close to six and so considering that these are pop songs he's clearly got something to say right like you don't and this song is just jam-packed like this is where you said the dylan aspect comes in because it's just lyric after lyric after lyric and it keeps going uh, like these these aren't moody instrumentals or freakouts. like these are six minutes of him continuing to to speak and sing and whatever um but this one 
fell, I had it at number four, and it fell to number nine, it just got less interesting the more I listened. And I, I understand that it's a fan favorite when he plays it live, uh, and it's probably great, but, you know, and, and knowing that and listening to it more and more, I'm like, okay. And this one, this is the one that is like right under my line. And like I said before, you could easily put next time round above this and do nine and above, and I'd be fine uh, with my line. But this one does not make the line. We're all very amenable on this album, clearly. Uh, Jim, <laughs> where do you have it? Oh my gosh, I'm not last. I have it at number two. Um, this is, uh, yeah, this is Bob Dylan. Uh, there, there are certain geniuses that I think exist in the world, and Elvis is one of them. Um, George Carlin is another, and I bring him up because he would memorize his entire set um, and just do it. No notes, no breaths, just, it was just a, a memorization. Um, never ad lib, you know, um, at least in his later years. Um, and I always thought that that was just genius. How, how does one do that? And I could just picture Elvis on a couple of tracks on this album, just going, how do you keep the, um, the, the, the verses straight, you know? And Dan, I thought you were going to love this one so much. I bet I, 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 bet, I bet Dan has ranked all the stanzas. Like, okay, my favorite one. <laughs> oh, I should have. And I Damn was it. trying to make my, and mine has to be the uh, uh, Undertaker's Curses and Please Don't Spare the Hearses. I'm just I love it. I love when we go to Argentina I love everything about this yes. song um, and and it, it, unlike like Tangled Up in Blue is amazing and it's that kind of like just you know stanza after stanza of just uh, um, you know a font of, of stuff of lyrics and and then there's just Tangled Up in Blue and then you reset back to the back to the verse right this actually has a chorus right and it's a beautiful it's awesome chorus so i just love this song and i got it number two that's awesome and speaking of uh how hard it is to keep track of all those lyrics and how does he sort of nail it all this song was recorded in one take you're hearing no. take one on the album which is Jeez. just stunning i mean that's again amazing. like what a freaking band so adam what do you think of it it's all right <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next one then. <laughs> Adam's poker face. It's my number one. Yay. Yeah. And for all of I us talking it. about uh, all the crazy words, for me, um, it's just the vibe of it. I didn't write down one lyric, which is so strange. That's amazing. I wrote, it is such I wrote, a great vibe. I wrote down Dylan. Um, <laughs> I got that. That's um, mandatory. Right. I mean, that preceded it. Uh, another great song that is just lyric after lyric after lyric and it almost sounds like a run-on sentence um is song against sex by neutral milk hotel the first first song on, on their first album droney one chord on and on and on, and on. great wordplay and it kind of reminded me of that a little bit but um <laughs> a, a word that is often attributed to this album is clangy and yeah, they're cranked up and all playing in a room. Um, and I wrote down clanky swing chugger droney Dylan. Like that's nice. It just goes and goes and goes and goes. Good. And then when it gets to that chorus, it's a little bit psychedelic the way he sings the title of the song, which I love that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, the crazy vocal effects at the end, I think predate blurs 
crazy vocal effects that they did for a lot. Um, there's also a British band called Cato that I love that did a lot of that kind of just like crazy. Like, yeah, that I'm last scream is amazing. Yeah. And it just like the, the, the digital effects of the eighties are usually nothing that I want to remember, but here's a case where it's like so harsh the way they do it. It just sounds like it's from the future. It's so incredible um and i i don't get tired of it and it's yeah it's like it's it's endless but i i, I dig it so i've made wasn't, a, ter- wasn't, I've made a wasn't terrible mistake be- you guys <laughs> i didn't think it was gonna be my number one but there there it was like I, again i was looking at moments and vibes more than songs but i was like god every time this one came on i was just like so, so good. good it's an excellent choice i'm convinced it's an excellent choice all right let's move on so we've had Let's see, we've had Sam's number one and Adam's. We've not had Jim's, right? Correct. And we've not had mine. All right. Mm. So suspense remains. On to number, and we're all going to have different number ones, and it's ah. fantastic. I know it. Here's Wait, number four. Why? I don't know. I'm just, I just, just a feeling. You and Jim could. Are you peeking? We could. Nope. No peeking. Of course not. Who do you take <laughs> me for? Number four, folks. Poor Napoleon. Oh. <laughs> first i have this down at number 10 no you Um, do not damn i do i do i'm a little surprised to see you having this higher jim um i okay beautiful atmosphere let's just say that this song is layers i'm just i can almost feel them like i don't know quite how many layers this has but i it feels like between the talk about like the ambient noise on top of the organs and just that lone drum that kind of 50s drum vibe but totally stripped down all of that's gorgeous of course we've got um the woman whispering after he sings the chorus each time which is kato reardon who was about to become his second wife um which makes it even better uh so i love all of that it Bye. just doesn't move me as much as the rest of the album. This, mm. this I would say, is the only other song on the album that is fixed. So, Honey, Are You Straight is fixed at 11. For me, this is fixed at 10, so I can't wait to hear oh, from hmm. you guys. Because these wow. two, and again, I've obviously listened to this album for a lot longer. Poor Napoleon was one that kind of has never really kind of moved up for me. Um, so, you guys are going to gonna have to educate me, starting with Adam. Wow. Yeah. I I ruined the party on this one big time. Holy moly. I've got it up at number four. Um, He describes Kate's part as uh, the voice of pity. And it reminded me a little bit of another song that we we talked about on this uh, podcast, which was, uh, is it To the End uh, by Blur, where there's like that female refrain answering in French. And I was like, what does her, what does that remind me of? 
finally kind of like came wow. Okay, okay, uh, good, Adam. Thank you, because I was going to ask that question. Uh, I mean, it reminds sure. you of something, and I, I was like, oh my God, I think it's They Might Be Giants, Anna Ng. I don't want the world, I just want your half. But it's mean. not. It's mm. not that. That's a completely different vocal tone. And I'm sure um, that female vocals, like, spoken that way have, have been used in other songs. I'm blanking on it might that. Be, that it might be that. to the end, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's so many cool little parts of this song. The pulsing mm. intro. Um, there's one little melody line that, uh, again, I was like, oh, where do I know that from? And it was uh, from Baby It's Cold Outside. Uh, <laughs> which, if you listen to it, you can't. You can't. You got to. You got to sing it. You can't oh, sing it. Shoot. Oh yeah. His line. And fit it on the head of a pin. That's the line. That's the line that I wrote down. You could take all the truthful things you said to me and fit them on the head of a pin. I mean, he could have just said like, "You lie a lot." Never. Never. God, what an amazing. Phrase. Well, and it's take, taking been, that taking that old saying like, uh, is it um, like something about all the angels fit you fit them on the head of a pin or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, is, yeah, and and just and but using it to this purpose. Oh my gosh, so it good. makes me feel like the laziest writer of all. Oh time. God, like, mm-hmm. God damn it! Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jan mentioned like the kind of spaciness of it. It's almost a little mm-hmm. bit, but there's, it leaves so much space. And then it comes in with that yeah. weird, like bass and tambourine combo. Um, and it gets weird on the Vera speed at one point, it kind of like they're messing with the, the actual speed of the song. Mm. Um, very cool vibe. Um, so I have it at number four. I love it. All right. Uh, Jim, why don't you go next? I've got it at number three. It could have been number one. I love this song so much. Mm-hmm. I can't lie on this bed anymore. It burns my skin. It's such a great opener. Um, uh, I, the, the one question that I have on, on the lyrics is, um, just like that place where they take your spine and turn it into soap flakes. Anybody? <laughs> Any advance? Any any uh, any explanation Oof. there? I want to um, say I want to say Holocaust, but I don't want to. I know I know that horses uh, like they they turn horse like the bones of into horses glue? into glue. Yeah, for the, yeah, yeah, they yeah, get yeah, the yeah. extract the whatever it is. But I think, yes. yeah, I mean I th- I think there's some something that I mean some one maybe one of our listeners <laughs> will write in. And tell <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that's the only uh, lyric that that confused me, but the rest of them are just absolute gold. And yeah. they're the best moment on the album. I know I've said that before. Is um, uh, just a slow devolving kiss. I mean, hook me up to that IV and <laughs> just leave me in a dark room forever. I that love is it. it. That's where I live. I, I love this song. It's number three. Oh. Jim, I love when I get the chance to say you're correct. It's number three mm-hmm. for me. Uh, this one is the melody, uh, especially in the choruses. The 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 bass, the doon 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 doon. Yeah, the bass. Doon, is doon, 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 doon. Uh-huh. It's so good. Um, the the Great. the background, like h- how he's singing, and then when the voice when her voice comes in saying poor Napoleon, like it's the, it's so washed out. The song is so washed out, and then her voice is crystal clear right in your left ear and it's just mm-hmm. poor napoleon mm-hmm. and it's and it's just like what, what, where the yeah. hell does that come from um <laughs> the the washed out effect the organ helps but uh it, like something on the bass and then the guitar in some spots it's just 
it's, it's just all over the place. And then Napoleon being his alter ego, like, is he singing to himself or these like his observations about himself? Um, the voice sounds similar to uh, the singer on every day. I write the book, like the, the, the sound of his voice sounds very similar uh, in tone and like, I guess, recording style. Um, the bass solo is very loose, but also really cool. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, measured it's just you know that kind of like weird it's kind of like almost jazzy um i have written down also how he draws out slow dissolving kiss <laughs> and um notice also that the first two verses swing a little bit like how he his cadence swings a little bit the last verse He's hitting each word on the beat until the last word of each line. Mm. It's some, something like th that's Dan. That's how much I listened to this record and how much I really love this record is I was listening to it again. And it was just one of those things I was listening to. I'm like, wait a minute. He's hitting every word like or syllable like on the beat as the line goes and then i went back and listened to the to the first one like he doesn't do it on either of those a little mm -hmm. bit but he sw he swings a little bit draws a couple lines out um just such great little choices you know like it's it i love that moment of inspiration where an artist makes that kind of choice of like i did the first couple this way but this one and and when you do that it it means like this is what you're supposed to be paying attention to this is different and you and it's really subtle but um take take a listen like listen to it again after the right after the podcast you have to yes sir <laughs> i will um but yeah it's this this one's great i love it uh dan mentioned him getting married uh to kate after the after this she was in the pogues mm -hmm. uh he said something kind of cool about this uh the year i made this record was also the year of my marriage to kate or riordan uh there were a lot of things that I wouldn't have to do it again, like messing up my life just so I could write stupid little songs about it. <laughs> That's totally. Oh man. Oh, oh man. Every, everything he says, I don't think he even says pass the salt at home. I think he's got some witty, incredible <laughs> way of saying it. Right. <laughs> All right, guys, we are top three. Here we go Ooh. with number three. Let's fucking go. I love that enthusiasm. LFG. Damn. LFG. At number three, it's, Uncomplicated. Jim, talk us through it. <laughs> I have nothing to say, guys. Um, uh, I, when I hear, when I heard the um, title of the album, when you assigned it to us, I was like, okay, Oranges and Lemons is going to be, you know, somewhere. Maybe it'll be on another album mm -hmm. buried, you know, this lyric. And boy, it's right there, right out of the gate. Um, I love I loved everything about this song. It's, um, like I said, you know, you could talk me into number three with this one. Um, it just dropped and dropped and dropped. It was the biggest dropper on my list as mm. I started just going, okay, what gives me the most endorphins as I listen to it? Mm. And um, and songs like Blue Chair would, would just come up and I was like, wow, that's over 
uncomplicated. I can't believe that. So I really don't have anything more than that. It's just uh, they're better songs than the album. Where'd you have it? Oh, I'm sorry. I had it at number seven. Wow. What about you, Adam? Decent. I just have it right above you at number six. Um, yeah, you mentioned the namesake uh, aspect of it. He's he's played with that a bit um, over the years. I think he did a few where like he took a lyric from another album and made it the album title hmm. later. Uh, Almost Blue is not on Almost Blue, and then this year's model. Nice. Um, right. Um, I love that. I love that. It is. I love the gurgling organ underneath. Oh it's my god! Great, like it's so like creepy, cool. I didn't notice it at first, but I, found, I listened to it last night a little more closely. I'm like, ooh, that's. I feel like it's cool. like a. I, I wrote it's a it's a washing machine. <laughs> like it just yeah. it sounds like my washing machine. Totally a great vibe to open it. Just swampy and weird, and it's got that yeah. uh, that that clangy bit. Which uh, again, I, I, there were so many moments. I, I'm even more than normal. You know that I'm always doing this. Like, oh, what does this remind me of? Because that's what my brain works. But um, there's a bit in All Is Forgiven by Jellyfish where the same thing, like gang, 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 like they're banging on pots and pans oh almost. And I don't know. I, I know those guys like Costello, so that could have been an influence. But um, just a cool, cool vibe. Covered by Los Lobos. Who I know that he's with. Ooh, um, I gotta cool, go hear that. Cool yeah. cover. Yeah, usually I'm like, oh, I know all these covers. I can totally ones. imagine them covering it. That's so it's great. It's good. So yeah, I have to check that out. All right. Well, we're gonna turn it from there over to Sam. Sam, why do they have it way, way, way too low? I mean, it's not too much lower than I had it at number four. Sam, that's um, much lower, and they're wrong. Just say it. <laughs> it's 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 much lower, and they're wrong. Um, Thank you. In, in, in my opinion. Um, but uh, I, I think it's ironic that the song that starts the record is called Un- Uncomplicated because this, <laughs> album, because this album is full of complications oh, and complex feelings. Um, and uh, the, the song tempo doesn't necessarily match the opening guitar stabs. Um, I, I, like it's, it's one of those, I think it kind of starts off, it, when it starts and you hear it, you're like, oh, this is going to go this way. And then it, kind of goes a little bit different even though it's still kind of the same sort of yeah it's, it's hard to explain um but uh but yeah I, I thought that was really cool um and i don't have the answer to this but i'm i i'm really curious how many records start with the opening lyric is the title of the album mm. i just yeah. it, it it like that was one of the first things that occurred to me when yeah. Blood and chocolate. Yeah, like, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, I, I love the minor guitar uh, play toward the end of the song. Um, and it, it's and another one of those interesting vocal choices. Like, it, you know, the rest of the song is uncomplicated. But the, the last one before the guitar solo, it's he like pushes it out. It's like uncomplicated complicated like and it's he's over emoting that um and i think that just that it that really foreshadows a lot of the the rest of the album as far as like what he does with his vocals like pushing and like that kind of straining and uh, not not crying weeping but just crying out sort of uh vocal trick um yes it's it's really good like it it did not fall much for me i might have had it a little bit higher um but then the other the other ones kind of rose up. I had a number four. Guys, I'm fired up. I have it at number two. Uh, this spent plenty of time at number one. 
it uh, went as low as maybe five or six. Like, I don't know who fucking knows. Himself. I don't know. That's awesome. But I do know this song deserves, this song is in the opening song hall of fame for all the reasons you guys said. I mean, those opening chords, they just ring. He takes his time. He lets him sit. And then those drums, I mean, are there 20 drums or there are a thousand drums? Do, do, do. They're just so right. loud. They're so clangy. The washing machine comes in. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, talk about setting a tone and just from the opening. Yeah. Blood and sh- I mean, he, this is not going to just be a, a, an album of Loki ballads. Um, it's to me, this song packs in so many of those little, um, little touches that you guys have talked about on so many of the other songs but like there's that moment where just there's like this open string just guitar like and then immediately it's cut it's even cut yeah. before the guitar finishes ringing and it's done you don't hear it again like it's just it's so sweet the way he does it um yeah. the way he sings on this um you know he sings this is only this is only this is only and then really quickly he fits in the beginning it's in your eyes and he immediately goes back to the chorus like he ran out of room to fit it it's just all of those little touches it's just such a tour de force the reason it slipped at times is there's not that much to it it's a one it's a it's a one chord song basically right but again this one is just vibe for me and you know i like my vibe loud and clangy and making as much noise as possible. I keep going back, Jim, to that thing you said, and obviously the song is brilliant, so it's not a perfect, but you said you'd rather have something like you'd rather have bad mellow than bad rock, you know, fast or I'd bad rather, rock. I'd rather listen to uh, bad soft rock than bad hard Bad hard rock, right. And I said I'm the exact opposite. This right. is by no means bad, but like just the sheer force that is this no. song uh kept it kept it for me ultimately i had to stick to my guns and keep it at number two yeah it feels it like in so many parts it feels like it's just going to fall apart yeah like it's which just is another like, one of my favorite vibes that's right yeah uh the faces should have covered it uh <laughs> or rod stewart um you also know i have my fantasies about imagining what the tour was like and like we said he actually did the wheel i think mostly for this tour but in my mind just the lights go out and you just hear that opening guitar chord and the crowd goes crazy and the drums come and lights and you're just you're into the concert you're like this is going to be the best show of my life right like oh such a it would be such a brilliant opener he if you're listening elvis which i'm sure you are uh, (laughs) consider it please before before we go any further there's two songs left there are and and one of them I'm really surprised about. I'm really surprised about. And it's, it's really interesting, but it's, yeah, I, made this, I that's what makes I this so I know so which cool. one you're surprised about. <laughs> Let's Do see if you, it's number though. two or number one. Let's go. At number two is I Want No Way. You. Wow. What? Wow. Oh, my baby, baby. I love you more than I can tell I don't think I can live without you And I know that I never will I'm gonna take on that surprise myself right off the bat, Jim. Ooh. There we go. I've got it at number seven. 
Christmas. Okay. And I do I feel sheepish about this? Yes, I do. I've made a terrible mistake. I know I've made a terrible mistake. This one moved all over the place. Like, I'll start with my justification. My justification, which is weak, is at the end of the day, you put it best, Jim. Stick it straight into my veins. I need me full on Elvis Costello pop. The angry pop is just, it's the first place I go with this guy, even though I, mm-hmm. I love and I'm in awe of the other things he can do. That's really why it ended up here. I will not steal all the thunder because there's a thousand amazing things to point out about this song. Um, so I'll pick, I'll pick two or three. One that I know we're all going to, well, because there's a hundred to say, but one right. I know we're all going to say is the opening stanza that makes you just think it's going to be a sweet little ballad a lovely folk song about life whatever country song and then just that chord that puts like chills down your spine you're like what was that chord and from there it takes off so that's that's one thing i gotta just say i'm in awe of a second one is the way he can sing those three words i want you and sometimes he's sad sometimes he's desperate Sometimes he's Mm -hmm. angry, but it's the Mm -hmm. same damn words. And sometimes it's frankly creepy. Like, wait, like want in what way? Like you want to lock me up in your basement? Like it means Mm -hmm. so many different things with just the most, we talk about how clever he is lyrically. And yet here, yes, he's got the clever stuff in between. The third thing I'll say is one of my favorite lines. I woke up and one of us was crying. I just love that. Um, But, but it comes down to those three words and the number of things he does with it. Adam, I'm going to guess that you are going to talk about the end of the song. You have to, if I don't. Uh, yes. All right. The one, then I, then one more thing I'm going to say, which is this song just ends so beautifully and so sort of slowly. And it turns out the way he did that is he wanted it to come down to just him, but they were all recording in that same room. So what they did is one by one, they, they shut off all of the other tracks basically so you could still hear them through elvis's mic because he's in the same damn room yeah. oh my so god so it gives it this mute of like sort of yeah. slowly one by one them sort of stripping away and it's just him at the end singing into the mic which is brilliant i've made a i've made a terrible mistake uh yeah. adam you know you go seven. next oh my god i i brought it down in the exact same weight and fashion as dan i have it at number seven um and I love this song. Mm-hmm. It's it's the only song that I knew because uh, it's on mm-hmm. Greatest Hits. And um, oh. wh- to take a, a, a phrase that common and go for it anyway, because the zombies mm. did it good. Oh, no, that's I Love You. Uh, Dylan and the Beatles both did I Want You. And he's like, screw it. I'm going to do I Want You too and he makes it his own and and you 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 hit on that that transition like yeah they, he makes you think it's gonna be sweet and then it just gets super stalker creepy oh crazy and it's um amazingly done um and what's what's weird about this being the only song i knew um again when you announced that we were gonna do this album you were kind of like teasing like oh it's a band that we know but it's 80s and you don't and i'm like no it's not going to be something we don't know them but yeah this is for whatever reason um maybe it's because his output was just like off the charts like right. no he couldn't have he couldn't have sustained having hits for, for for so long but in 1986 we were like 
obsessed with alternative music and the radio and and 91x in san diego didn't play even i want you <laughs> totally so, it's crazy um you know it's so I, I was so happy uh like like jim and sam i haven't said this yet this is this is a, the perfect thing that i would want to to check out as far as a new uh, something yes. that had never hit my ears before. Yeah, you know, it's awesome. it's somebody I already know and like, and um, and I've always wanted to check out more. And here's this thing, and it's not by the numbers. It's like clangy and angry, and yeah. it's all in a lot of ways. It's like my favorite kind of music. It's catchy, but it's got weird bits. That's my favorite kind of music. <laughs> yeah. Period. And he doesn't get super super weird. He doesn't get like out there psychedelic like a lot of stuff I like. But it's like he keeps it interesting in really cool weird ways but it's still mostly four, four guys in a room and, and the, but the things they bring in are really interesting. And, uh, but this is one where he plays around with the sparseness of it, the length of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just great. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I have it so far down. Yeah. And speaking of playing, Oh, oh go ahead. Speaking of playing around, this is the only other song on the album. Well, this is the one other song that he did in only one take, no, which again uh, is stunning. No fucking way. It's That's just not wow. possible. I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. And who does a great cover of it? That's the only other cover that I know. Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple with him, and it's with him. Great. Oh wow! Uh, I've got a lot of research out. to do. I could not be yeah, more excited. Too. I was really surprised because I like in looking at this. I think I, you know, Googled, I want you Elvis Costello. And, um, like I started seeing Fiona Apple and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what a weird song, but it was like, a, it was a tribute sort of concert or something, wasn't it? Yeah. They did like, they did a series of MTV shows where they, they would have people play somebody's songs with them. And I can't remember who else was on that um, show, but some really good people, Ben Gibbard and maybe, and I can yeah. so see maybe, Fiona doing maybe, this. That's amazing. I think Billy yeah. Joe Armstrong. That's I can't cool. remember who else. Cool show. Wow. All right. Well, next up is Sam. I've got it all the way at number two. Um, And again, it was just, it's so weird. It's so creepy. It's, uh, it's just, it, it's an auteurish type song. Like this is not, you know, I mean, you're not going to get great white doing this. You're not going to get, you know, like pop bands, Jody Watley. I don't know. I don't know who else, but like, <laughs> they're not going to do songs like this. I, I feel like it because like you, not that many people are going to go there because it's a creepy fucking song. Like it's not, he does not come off good in this song. Um, but, but yeah, so like the prelude verses uh, before he begins the tirade, like that little country song thing. And then the down note before the whammy bar hits to mark the separation between the two. Um, and it, it, it definitely, the narrator knows his feelings aren't healthy. Um, and, and uh, if I can slip into my uh, Adam Gimbel uh, slippers for a moment, there are, 32 i want use oh well done <laughs> nice one. a, a baskin robbins a baskin robbins plus one of want <laughs> um, baker's basket <laughs> <laughs> exactly um so one of the things that i actually pulled out to uh you know talking about these little moments on the record um there's the one so he, he says it so many times in so many different ways but then there's one line where he says I, and you were fool enough to love it when he said I want you and the way he draws it out 
and then he when he comes back at, at a, a few verses or a few lines later where he says oh no darling not with that clown he's and then so like the one he's saying he's drawing it out like the guy saying it and then when he says not with that clown he draws it out but with a little bit of spite so he's like ah like the you know how he how he's like making fun of the guy like i want you like it's and it's so it's it's a tiny little moment but it was just one of those other things that i've listened so many times that i heard those two sort of similar and we're like jim is clapping jim is clapping you can't see this at home yeah yeah um so but yeah it was just it's like tiny tiny moments but it just mirroring that way of the guy saying it and then him kind of making fun of how the guy said it um just really cool little little uh, little bit um and th- so after that verse the guitar stabs stop so i think that's kind of maybe what you're talking about dan like how it kind of like decrease like everything kind of pulls out of the 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 instruments kind of stop um and there's still a guitar there's still a guitar in the background but there's no more guitars up front just his voice mm-hmm. and then um yeah and it's just it's so cool how they just kind of like disappear sort of after that and um and also like every now and again he puts together two lines without an i want you and i didn't quite understand any sort of rhythm there but it's it's really cool and this song ends side one man am i exhausted after listening to that (laughs) like you know like listening to that the that first side of that record and then like i gotta get up and change this now i've got to flip it over like come on there's no way how are you going to follow that but you and you have to you have to flip it over to to follow it you've got to have that break because it's exhausting yeah i wonder if that was deliberate that's great it's gotta be great it's gotta be jim talk to us about i want you it's number one yeah it's i mean it's a piece of art they borrowed it from the louvre and they put it on this album um (laughs) and uh it it opens up with the the beginning part which is is so catchy and so beautiful and you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god and like an irish ballad or whatever i don't know what i'm gonna hear but the last line is i can't say any more than i love you everything else is a waste of breath and then he goes into wasting all of his breaths uh, for the next six minutes. It is so perfect. It's so like, you know, and that's where the the polite in society, you know, perfect person ends. And here comes the demon. You know, here comes what I really want to say. Yeah. And, it, and it's a story that evolves. I mean, when, he's, when one of them wakes up crying, that's when you're like, oh, shit, there's another dude. I mean, this guy, is, he, she left him, you know. Um, uh, I love how it uh, progresses. I don't want. I purposely didn't write down all the different lyrics, but, but I, I did write down one that I just want to leave it on. Um, it's the way your shoulders shake and what they're shaking for. I love that line. <laughs> that is a Number great one. one. So good. Oh, good. excellent choice. Someone had to pick it. I knew someone had to pick it. All right, guys. Ah, that means number one is one that none of us had at number one. I am shocked. I am shocked at what the number one song is. Yeah. I never yeah. imagined I can't a day. believe it. This is this is not right. I could not be happier. <laughs> I could not be happier. No. I did not pay off my daughter. You can audit it. Number one, Crimes of Paris. Talk about hanging in the Louvre. Here you've got your oh, song. Hey. I thought it was you. Your optimist view of the clock. 
Take it away. I have it at number eight. And this, w- oh. this, was th- this was the one that I said that I was really surprised that it was in the top two. Not because I have it so low, but just... It was just odd that, like, it, it to me that it would be up that high, and especially one that none of us picked at number one. Um, but I, I was also actually surprised that "I Want You" was that high because it is such a weird song. It, it's easily could have been one that people were like, mm, "I don't know about that." Um, "Crimes of Paris," that repeated, growing, escalating echo of O on the bridge. <laughs> it's like it's so weird, and then so uh, like. Yeah. And then um, some of the lines sounds like he's just coming apart emotionally in what's otherwise a fairly standard pop song. You know, uh, it's just, uh, it's it's really good. And again, like I said, my line was eight and above. This was number eight. I predict that Jim will love this one because of the harmonies. <laughs> All right, Jim, why don't you talk to us about it? <laughs> Uh, Sam, I had this at number eight until I moved it to number five. <laughs> um, it is, uh, I will tell you, I will tell you that the Cigarette Girl Harmony, um, uh, yeah, and the, sizzle, and the Sizzle Hot Pants, that, that's the best moment of the That's an Adam moment. That's an Adam moment. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, that line, can we just talk about that line for a minute? So good. It's I the know, only, it's so only one I wrote down for this song. Love it. Yep. Uh, it's number five. Uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about it? Yeah, Adam, why don't you? Because, Dan, you already said you're number one? No. Not that not. I can remember. <gasps> what, what in the world? <laughs> Holy moly. Okay, well, I've got it at number two. It's a, uh, nice. it's a little Beatlesque esque head shaker. Um, he, he admitted to copying bits of uh, the Kinks and Slade on it, um, and uh, but Kate sings uh, some harmonies in it, and it kind of, I, I don't know what it reminds me of, but boy-girl harmonies around that time, coming out of England, you've got the color field, you've got everything but the girl, which is like totally in our wheelhouse, it's, it's in that world, I guess style council, that kind of stuff. Um, Interesting reference to uh, Leave That Kitten Alone, uh, which is an old 60s song. Oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on who did it. Uh, The Beatles covered it uh, Hmm. for Beatles for Sale, and uh, they didn't put it on the record. He recorded, he references it in this song. They recorded it for this album, didn't put it on the album, just like the Beatles did. Um, And he mentioned that uh, the recording went missing. Uh, So when they, when they, released this album or, or did a deluxe edition or whatever the first time they did liner notes he mentioned that and then they did it again as record companies do oh, let's re-release it with more and this and more of that and different liner notes he said oh we found it so it's on <laughs> you can hear him do it and you can see him doing it on I think Jules Holland with James Burton Elvis, oh, wow. Presley's, uh, Elvis Presley's guitarist I didn't even think of that oh my god <laughs> of course he got him um, but yeah the, uh, Jim Jim got to it before me maybe the best moment on the album why did he only choose to do a harmony on cigarette girl and not the rest of the line right, right. kate does the harmonies in the chorus he said no i gotta go do a harmony on these two words and it is literally like my maybe my favorite i love it album. so good so so good so i gotta wait up at number two but dan guys it's the perfect pop song i told you i'm a sucker for pop elvis this is pop elvis like how was this song not a hit 
you know I, that makes me angry this mm. is talk about songs that should have been on 91x all the fucking time it's mm. not just the cigarette oh, girl yeah. in the sizzle hot pants can we please just talk about those four lines in a row you're not the girl next door or a girl from france or the cigarette girl in the sizzle hot pants although all the words of love seem cruel and crass when you're tough and transparent as armored glass like it's a it's a straightforward pop song and yet the lyrics guys if i had mm. to write a if this was on the literature test to interpret what the song meant i would get an f a solid f i have no idea what the <laughs> <Yeah>. song means <laughs> Uh, I know that someone is hitting someone else with a replica of the Eiffel Tower. I don't know if that crimes of Paris is just that literal or if it's this broader, I assume it's a broader thing, but it is so much fun. The melody is effortless. The, um, the, the harmonies come through, you know, you talked about the, Oh, 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 but then at the end when they can hold the tension no longer, they just burst out into that open, ah, you know, just like yeah. sing as loud as they can. I talked so about good. on the violent femmes episode, um, like angry backup singers, you know, mm. and how much I love angry backup singers. That's what I feel like they're doing here. This is the song that gets stuck in my head all the time. Mm. And uh, it's an album that in my mind truly has no number one. It's just, there's too many great songs. But this is the song that just at any moment I want to pull out. And if I'm in a band and I'm looking for a cover to pull out of nowhere, like this is what I'm pulling out. And people are like, what is that? Um, uh, so anyways, that's that's where we'll leave it. I can't believe it ended up uh, number one. But um, just just real quick, you um, were talking about like what the uh, what the meaning of it is. Crimes of Paris. I looked it up in Genius and someone wrote that. Um, uh, it's. I think it has something to do with Greek Greek uh, mythology. Um, oh right, because Paris is a goddess, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, it says that um, Zeus appointed Paris to select the most beautiful out of uh, Hera, Athena, and Aphrodite. And uh, it says, and I, 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 it, did, it doesn't actually go into it too much, but it says that uh, Paris's crime was perpetuating envy and discord by making making beauty a competition. So. So that's i mean genius genius delivers uh sometimes I, and i don't know quite how correct that is uh there was because somebody wrote about blue chair that's like somebody said that the, the blues is like a chair or the blues is a chair and i'm like that has nothing to fucking do with it you are yeah. completely off your tree There's genius but in this case it like it it did provide a little nugget of like oh okay like something to kind of think about there with the crimes of paris could be, could be. amazing well anyways guys uh Thank you, and I'm deliriously happy. I think that's the first time I've batted a thousand where I've suggested something, and you've all said like out of the box well hit. So I am well I am going to go to bed extremely happy tonight. Thank I, you. I will Dan. say I will say Dan that you are the only one that ha correctly has number one and number eleven on this album. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Other than that, ones, there's not much agreeing, right? Yeah, I know exactly. Our number ones are scattered all over, you know. So yeah. anyway. Do you want to do your usual recap, Jim, of 11? Well, that, top that, five? that's it. The, the only thing I just, uh, well, uh, yeah, I will. Honey, Are You Straight uh, is the last one. And then the top three are Uncomplicated, I Want You, and Crimes of Paris. Um, that's great. Uh, I'm still in shock. Um, so the <laughs> number one picks, uh, Sam had his at number nine uh, on the average. Adam had his number one fall to number five for the average. I had mine at number two. And Dan, as we've said, you're number one. And you are the best for suggesting this album. Who goes next? 
who goes next guys that would be me and uh god i've been i've I've been wrestling with 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 what to choose the entire time we've been doing this for for a number of reasons love it um but most of which i i I have i'm so excited about these non-album ideas these sort of like themes and things so um but one thing that we talked about early on and i said i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and i haven't had the guts to do it and i still (laughs) am not gonna have 100 percent have the guts to do it i'm gonna let you guys vote to see if we're going to do this of course or not. you are okay. of course there's three it. parts to this live on the air so, live. yep so so here's here's the deal at one point i said at any point one of us can decide on a theme and all all of us are going to have to choose an album that goes with this theme so it could be albums with with pink album covers it could be debuts it could be whatever but i had this idea that i'm like i kind of want to do this but i wasn't sure if they were going to go for it or not um so i'm finally going to do it but even still i'm like if you guys don't want to do it we don't have to do it i'll just do it but here's the theme greatest hits now we talked about the 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 idea of doing a greatest hits album a couple episodes ago, I think it was. I think it was. We were talking about our. Uh, we were talking about REM, and Sam listed one of his favorite mm-hmm. al- REM albums as being a greatest hits. Now, for most people, those don't count, and I'm right. sort of. I'm sort of in that camp. Yeah, um, and it's sort of cheating, but I'm sure that we've all had the thought well, since we've been doing this for however long we've been doing this a year or whatever. Um, oh, I'd like to do something about this band, but I don't want to choose one album. I'd rather. I'd rather do. I'd rather do a greatest hits. And there's like certain mm. bands that we, we only know the singles and it'd be fun. And right. I like the idea of, of doing an episode where we know all the songs. It's kind of fun to do a Dan's 1980 episode was great. No. Um, so if you guys are willing, uh, you guys can all in turn choose a, a greatest hits. So let's see if, 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 if the majority rules on this, Sam, would you be willing to have your next pick be a greatest hits? Um, can I clarify oh, so- one thing? Yes. Are we saying would we put out four nominees and then vote and choose one and all do the same, no, or do we, we each do go four away? episodes, four different episodes? You choose a greatest hits for your the next time it comes to you, you choose a singles collection oh, of greatest hits. Oh, oh, oh! I see. Are you willing see. to do that instead of a regular mm-hmm. studio album? Jim is in for one. So if Dan or Sam are in, yeah. What the fuck? Why not? Okay. No, Dan says no. I'm okay. fine. Uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. four episodes. It burns, but it is. Here's the only it thing. Is. You know, the the one thing that has held me back from that is we at least so far have not repeated an artist, and the thing True. that makes scares me a little bit is picking a greatest hits that we love is gonna like kind of torch that catalog a little bit. But hey, the yep. rules are out the book, and yep, you're right. one of yep. us eventually, it's probably gonna be me is going to fuck shit up and pick an artist for a second time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. When we get to episode 100, I'm sure. Okay. So here's the reason why I chose this one to do it. Um, there is a song that is sort of the elephant in the room with this podcast. Um, mm. We had to talk about it at some point. Uh-huh. And I didn't, didn't want to waste it on the album that it came from. And that song is We Will Rock You by Queen. So I am choosing. So I am choosing Queen's greatest hits. There are quite a few different yes, versions. Yes, I know. Of I was going to say. Yep. Let's be really but specific here. We are doing the American fourteen-track 
version that came out in 1981. The UK version has three more songs. They re-released it in the 90s. There's a there's a two-disc one classic queen. No, we're doing Queen's Greatest Hits. Google it. It'll come up at the Wikipedia page. It has 14 how many, songs. How many songs? 14. 14. And, Ooh, uh, and, okay. and then, uh, so we'll talk about that. And then the episode beyond that, you guys are all going to need to start thinking what greatest hits or singles collection are you going to choose? Next time so it's your many turn. opinions already. I can't mm. wait. Um, can we, can we send around links after this? I'm very worried about choosing the wrong greatest hits because Queen has <laughs> yeah. a yeah, thousand yeah. of them. <laughs> no problem. All right. I want to know what hey. the songs are, but I know Adam doesn't like, doesn't play this. This is going to be amazing. Boom, all right. Boom, clap. Boom. Boom, clap. All right. Thank you, guys. See you, See next, you time. next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Buddy, you're a boy. Make a big noise. Playing in the street. Gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face. You big disgrace. Kicking your can all over the place. Singing. Please subscribe, rank, and review our show at your favorite local podcast shop. And send us a note to we will rank you pod at gmail.com. Sam writes about music on the web at yourolderbrother.com, and Adam's stuff is at y-e-r-d-o-i-n-great.com. If you like our little show, then you'll love all the fun stuff we post on our social media, so follow us at We Will Rank You Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and let us know what your most loved and least favorite songs are. Okay, bye.